Coming up on Tech News Today, text donations to Japan are being delayed by the carriers. We'll tell you what you can do about it. Also, Google Music just got a little more realer, if that's a word. And the BlackBerry Playbook's getting Android apps. All that and more coming up. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. is Tech News Today for Thursday, March 24th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by GoToMeeting. Visiting important contacts from New York to L.A. and Bangalore to London is time-consuming and expensive. Don't do it. Have meetings online instead with GoToMeeting. For your free 30-day trial, visit GoToMeeting.com slash technews. And by Slingbox, which can turn your iPad into a television with the new iPad app from Slingbox. You can watch your home TV on your iPad anywhere you go. Check it out at Slingbox.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm Jason Hell. And joining us uh, from New York City, New York anchor City. of Fox and Friends on the Fox News Channel, Mr. Clayton Morris, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Well, look, there's a little New York City out behind you there. New York City. That's just, no, it's just a cardboard cutout. <laughs> it's a matte <laughs> painting. With a lot of light on it's it. It's well lit. It's yeah. a very well lit matte painting. Is it too blown out? I feel bad. I can ask New York City no, to it, tone it, it down. It looks Dial accurately blown out. It's like it's real. Yeah. Those yeah. cars like on the it. on the ground, it's amazing how you did that. I use Matchbox cars and I change it throughout the day and I sit here by myself throughout the day using the new color app and see if I have any friends. And, and the, little, <laughs> the little honking sound effect, you went all out. <laughs> all right, uh, let's start off with the, uh, the hack from Iran. Uh, a, uh, a hack obtained nine bogus certificates for prominent websites uh, March 15th. Was this, this hack happened against the Komodo Group? They're a certificate authority. They they issue those certificates that say yes, login.yahoo.com is who they say they are. Uh, a hacker got eight SSL certificates for six domains: mail.google.com, google.com, loginyahoo.com, loginskype.com, addonsmozilla.org, and login.live.com. They also got a ninth cert for, I guess, their own websites. Um, the attack has been traced to an IP address in Iran. And the uh, Yahoo certificate is the only one that they think was actually used. Attackers tried to test it using a second Iranian IP. So Komodo was alerted to this. Uh, they they took eight days to announce it to the press because they wanted to track it down and find out the extent of what certificates had, had actually been put out into the wild. Yeah, but in the meantime, so the amount of time that they spent just keeping it quiet and other news agencies who got their hands on it and were working on it, um, you know, others are arguing, look, lives were put at risk. And that might be a little bit extreme, but look, I mean, Yahoo was enough, right? Yahoo Mail is enough for there to be a major problem here. Forget Skype and these other ones that may not have been compromised. Just having access to people's email, whether it was to try to tamp down some protest in Iran or find out where dissidents are living and track them down. Yeah, I mean, lives may have been put at risk if, if just Yahoo alone. Yeah, people may not realize that uh, what these certificates do is, is make it look like you are securely connected to the actual website you mean to be connected. So remember that Fire Sheep attack on Facebook and we said, you know what? 
These yeah. sites need to use SSL and force you to securely connect to them. That way you can't get spoofed by something like FireSheep. Well, the weakness to that is if someone were able to steal certified certificates from a certificate authority like Komodo, which is what happened here. So what Jacob Applebaum was saying in Iran, when they tested out login.yahoo.com, they may have been capturing people's passwords because people thought they were securely connected to Yahoo. They put in their username and password, and then a man-in-the-middle attack easily captures all that information. So I know the Komodo CEO is like, DNS is the problem here. DNS is not secure. It needs to change. How does it change? Well, DNSSEC uh, is a more secure implementation of DNS uh, that people have been slowly moving to. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that that absolutely needs to be implemented. Uh, and, and it's not going to be implemented in places like Iran where... They're like, actually, we would like a little insecure DNS so that we could take advantage of this. If, if it, in fact, is the government involved in this, and that's another thing that CEO said, is only a state-sponsored attacker would be able to make good use of these certificates because you need to be able to compromise the DNS to do it. Yeah, well, otherwise, I mean, what's somebody going to get out of some Yahoo mail? It's like just mm -hmm. a bunch of junk. Well, or perhaps, you know, this idea against, one, you know, this is what happened actually in Saudi Arabia. The, the kingdom was able to move very quickly because of monitoring all of the uh, social networks and all of the chatter online, be able to, within a few weeks of this, we're able to tamp down some of these protests also in Iran. But I think this underscores a larger issue. It's what Richard Clark writes about in his book, uh, Cyber War, and I had a chance to interview him. Of course, he uh, formerly at the White House, worked under Bill Clinton, of course, and then George W. Bush, and says, look, the coming cyber war and the issues that the, you know, that countries are more computer savvy than ever, that we may still be ignorant to these larger cyber threats, of course, that are facing uh, national security, and we need to be aware of it. And he talks about DNS in the book, and he talks about uh, all of these issues, these loopholes that governments are so slow to move against. Yeah. I mean, heck, the FBI, for crying out loud, still was using 10-year-old uh, computers in their offices up till just a few years ago. And this is a clarion call. Uh, in fact, uh, the CEO, uh, I, I, we've been avoiding saying his name because it's Abdul yeah. Hayaglu <laughs> or something like that. Uh, but, but the CEO of Komodo uh, said, this is our September 11th. They used our own mm -hmm. planes to attack us. They, they were taking our certificates uh, because they, they hacked in by attacking a partner. Uh, of, of Komodo, a registration authority in Southern Europe, uh, they hacked into that partner and then that partner had trusted access to issue certificates. So they didn't have to attack Komodo directly. Uh, and they, and they, he says, we almost had um, a meltdown of the internet if, if this had gotten out of control and we hadn't been able to catch it and if the, the attackers had used it more widespread, more widespread or faster. Mm -hmm. All right, Windows Phone 7 update schedule has now arrived. A couple days ago, we mentioned Windows Phone 7 update uh, was, was being handed out. Apparently, the only people who've got it so far are folks who own unbranded Windows Phone 7 handsets, which are mostly people in Europe. Uh, the schedule is going to let you know when you can expect the Windows Phone 7 update to come to you. It doesn't have dates. It just says whether the carrier involved is testing, which means we don't know, or scheduling, which means, well, it should come within 10 days. Yeah, I mean, for the, the, the chart that we're looking at, at least for the video folks, I mean, this is just for the U.S. only. So it's like the not applicable for the HTC Arrive, that's because um, no do 
uh, no dough. Sorry, I'm always calling it no do. That um, the copy and paste and and the update is already bundled in. Yeah, so you don't even have to worry about it. Because you needed that update to get CDMA, and that's a Sprint phone, which requires CDMA. Exactly. But the it's kind of interesting that the way that they show this is that they don't actually call out any of the carriers, even though if you're on AT and T. Yeah. They were being nice. You're not really getting anything well, the, soon. Yeah, if you if you pay attention, if you if you look scheduled. at carefully at that chart, uh, the ones that are all testing down at the bottom are all AT and T phones. Uh, T Mobile's HD 7s actually, uh, or I'm sorry, all of T Mobile's phones are scheduled, which means they should get the update within 10 days. And I think what that uh, means is that it goes to the carrier, then the carrier does a little testing of their own, and then no, no, no. That this means that the carrier's already tested it. The and carriers they, already they, tested, it, and now they're and waiting they've for scheduled it for download. Yeah. Yeah. Testing means the carrier is looking at it going, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this just sounds ready. I want to run out. This makes me want to run out and buy a Windows Phone 7. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Well, I, it's I'm, not like Android doesn't did. have the same problem. No, no. Then that's my, that was my point that I was going to make, which is one of the things that Microsoft told me, and I, I asked them about this, it was, you know, they, they were very aware and they were very explicit and sort of, you know, give a little took out a shiv and sort of shoved it in Android's back when I was talking with them. They said, look, they're very aware of how fragmented the Android platform has become updates here, updates there. That one's not getting an update. This one's getting an update. And said, look, that we just, that is not going to happen to Windows Phone 7. Well, it didn't happen as far as Microsoft's concerned because they pushed it out at once to everybody. That's true. But uh, like you said, Tom, when the carriers get involved, then all yeah. bets are and AT&T hasn't, hasn't pushed any of them out of testing, and they might never. They don't have to. They're not obligated to. The only AT&T phone you can be sure will have the update is the HD7S, which, again, like the Sprint phone, is brand new. So it's just rolling out with the, the latest version of software. And it's not like they don't think, it, they, that they think the update will hurt their network because they do allow roaming phones that have the update to use their network. Yeah, unbranded uh, handsets can be on AT&T updated. So yeah. what is being tested exactly? I'd that's, love to yeah, know. I mean, that's a great question because it seems that they have all of these standards in place across most of these handsets, right? I mean, that's one of the things they were very worried about. So, uh, you know, what, what needs to be tested? What's the outlier? What's the variable that's uh, causing this delay? And why couldn't Microsoft pull an Apple and get AT&T to agree to allow them to be in charge of pushing out their software. Apple is in charge of putting out iOS updates, not AT&T. What a mess this is. Yeah. <laughs> also, because the phone yeah. is so good. I mean, I love Windows Phone 7, so that, you know, it, it's sort of upsetting. It's like, once again, Microsoft takes, you know, two steps forward, one step back. Mm -hmm. uh, also a mess are the, uh, the, re the results of giving text message donations to Japan. This, this happened in, in the Haiti uh, time, after the Haiti earthquake. <laughs> A text donation will take as long as three months to get to the relief agency you want to send it to. And that's because the carrier's normal donation procedure is you send the text message, mm -hmm. we bill you for it, you pay your bill, and then you once you've paid your bill, then we forward the money on. So it might take 30 days for you to get the bill. It might then take you 30 days to pay the bill, and then it might take them 30 days to take that money and send it on to the charity. That's 90 days, up to 90 days for your donation to get there. Hey, for certain donations, I would be okay with that, but not in a time of crisis like this. And I don't think a lot of folks who are donating have any idea that there's such a bottleneck going on. And Clayton, you and I were talking in prep. With, with Haiti, they about faced on this right away. 
Yeah, almost immediately the about face because people were starting to find out hey, that, hey, if you go to redcross.org and make a donation, that money is immediately available. But if you're texting it in and you think, hey, that's that must be much more immediate. I'm doing it right now on my phone in my car. I'm not even by my computer. It's going to take 30 days to get there. And so a lot of people were writing us saying, oh, wow, I found this out. I'm, I'm going to go to the website. And they did an about face about it. But I agree with Sarah to a point. I think you you want to feel like your money is arriving there now. However, you know, when you talk to Red Cross, they still need the money three months from now. So in some ways, it's right. It'll it all catch up eventually. Yeah. It's just in the in the immediate few weeks, I guess it's the most the biggest problem. In the meantime, if you would like to uh, push the carriers to change their policy, change.org is uh, starting to put pressure on mgive.com and the wireless carriers like AT&T, Sprint, and Verizon to speed these things up. A petition they've created asked these organizations to follow the precedent they set for Haiti and send text donations to Japan immediately. Let's take a quick break uh, before we talk about the Amazon App Store and Google in-app payments to thank our sponsor, GoToMeeting from Citrix. Uh, if you're if you're ever on conference calls, you know they're boring. There's just no other way to talk about conference calls. You can't see people. Everyone's talking about something that you can't see because you're not in the same room as them, and they forget you're on the phone. Half the time, someone's on mute, like going and eating a sandwich. And then when you say, hey, Tom, what do you think? Yeah. There's just no answer. It used to happen to a, uh, a co-worker of mine. I think her name was Natalie something. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Go to meeting gets rid of that. Uh, I don't so, know who that is. Yeah, I can't remember her last name or she changed it or something. But uh, <laughs> Go to meeting keeps everyone on the same page during conference calls. Everyone on the call can see your screen. They can follow along with you. Everyone on the call is focused, more interested because they can tell what's going on. Go to meetings good for sales presentations, great for product demos, training sessions, collaborating on documents. Even just your weekly update calls, pretty much any type of conference call is going to be made better. It's going to be made more productive, and it's probably going to be made faster. And everybody wants faster meetings. So sign up today for a free 30-day trial of GoToMeeting. Have all of the meetings you want for one low flat rate. Phone and voice over IP conferencing included for free. But you don't even have to pay for those first 30 days. Just try it out, and you'll see what we're talking about. GoToMeeting.com slash technews. So Google today announced that next week their in-app payments will be rolling out. That's one of the things that's been holding back developers uh, on the Android App Store is that they didn't have in-app payments. Uh, but the Amazon App Store apparently supports upfront purchasing for apps, in-app payments from anybody. Whereas the Google app in-app payment system is going to require you to use Google's Google in-app yeah, in payment system. So this this means, I guess, Amazon is more open than Google? At least right now. I mean, you have to assume eventually, uh, you know, Amazon will go the way that Facebook did with, you know, let's say Zynga, where Facebook finally said, wow, virtual currency is kind of a big deal. We want to take this back over. And Amazon, I would assume at some point, will do the same. But for now, developers have this window where they can kind of do whatever they want. They don't have to um, stay within the constraints of of the um, the Android marketplace that Google has set up where you have to do things a certain way, which is more like the way that the Apple Store does. Yeah, is, this the, is there going to be a land rush, though, to take advantage of this? I'm curious what other options they're trying to employ before, and is it going to be grandfathered in once the changes come down the pike? You know that's not the case with Apple, right? Mm. Um, 
There's no sort of grandfather clause that says, oh, you, you were doing this in-app purchase this way. Oh, well, we'll let you keep the 30%. You guys were doing it ahead of time. Yeah, I couldn't find the percentage of what Amazon gets out of this, if anything. Plus, Amazon is, I mean, it's one of their bedrock principles is being able to collect money in all different kinds of ways. You think that they would be all over this and already have an in-app payment system. Uh, so, yeah, it makes me suspicious, Clayton, that eventually if you did start an in-app payment business based on the Amazon App Store, that it might just get yanked away later. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, and they have so many credit cards on file and they already have this infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, Amazon Prime members, it seems odd that they would have left this out. And it doesn't seem like, and according to, uh, is it Anya Waring? Uh, Anya? Yeah. Uh, Anya Waring? Um, she says that uh, we, re we recognize that downstream monetization features are important to developers um, and uh, we're not going to restrict their use in our developer agreement. So they're aware of it. They're just not doing it now and they're going to wait and hold off on it for a number of times. I think and there's some space you know, if it's going to have their own Amazon tablet soon and they're going to have their own ecosystem soon enough. So maybe they're not worried about it. And I think maybe it's just also an incentive. If you're a developer, come play at Amazon instead of Google. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got more options here. See what works and get those folks to get um, to get comfortable with, with the way Amazon does things. And then they've got them. Yeah. And the, other, hope to. the other thing to consider, I think that's a really good point, is that Amazon is vetting apps. They're saying... Uh, look, we're only going to allow apps that we, like Apple, we're only going to allow apps that we think are okay into the App Store. Yeah. Google doesn't vet the apps. They have some very basic tenets that allow you to put it in the App Store. But Amazon's anything, also setting the prices. So Google feels like they just have to control the payment system right. for safety and security reasons, whereas Amazon can be like, well, no, we've vetted all the apps, so if they want to use some in-app payment, we're going to trust them or we'll kick them out of the store. It's interesting. Two very different approaches. Uh, another different approach is what Color is doing for mobile <laughs> photos. Now, uh, Color is an app uh, available, well, it's for your iPhone and Android, right? Or is it just iPhone at launch? I don't know launch? if it's Android. Yeah. It's Android's coming tonight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Android's yeah. not out the, yet. Their yeah. website said iPhone and Android. Yeah. Android you can't get the Android late. one as of this recording, but maybe by the time you listen to it, you can. The idea is you take pictures and then you share them with people who are near you. Right. So wh when I downloaded it this morning... And, uh, and tried it out, I, uh, I was able to uh, find one person, me, because I was at home <laughs> in San Rafael and no one else in my neighborhood had color on, not even my wife, you know, in the same room. Uh, whereas now, Clayton, you had a an entirely different experience. Yeah, so I logged in at work today and I was in Midtown Manhattan, which is right near, you know, 30 Rock and right in the heart of I guess the nexus of the universe. And uh, sure enough, there were like 40 people who were on color this morning. And I couldn't tell, you know, if they were on my floor, another floor, just in a building next door to me. But there were like a number of groups that popped up. And it was kind of weird. And I felt, I don't know, there, you know, there's some videos and there were two girls sort of saying, hey, uh, we're on color. We don't know much about this, but hey, how are you? And in a weird way, I mean, I don't know that it felt entirely social. It kind of felt voyeuristic. <laughs> Well, that's exactly what it is. I mean, color is in the news for a few reasons. It's because, number one, it's like, oh, my gosh, yet another picture video sharing app. Another number path, two, Instagram, they got $41 million before they were even live. That is a huge investment that is unheard of. And anybody who's crying bubble in Silicon Valley uses this as an excuse. Bubble! Yes. And number well, that's a great... Oh, sorry. I didn't know there was a number three. There, sorry. there is a number three. <laughs> 
I'm very passionate about this, apparently. Uh, but number three is that it works very differently from the way that all these other apps work because you don't actually sign up for an account or have friend lists or anything like that. It is all based on geolocation. If, you, if Tom and me and Jason want to share photos with each other, we just take photos and we'll see each other's photos because we're physically next to each other. So, um, Clayton won't be able to be part of our group because he's in New York. And that's too far. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, I guess they'll expand and maybe there's some sort of regional won't always be the play in it. But I'd like to comment on your number two. Okay. Um, which Are you sure? This is a family <clears throat> show. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Okay. Uh, the funding. Do they know something that we don't? $41 million. Yeah. I mean, my I kind of go with my, I sort of have that Malcolm Gladwell blink approach to when I launch an app. And if I sort of, when I launch it, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know how often I'm going to be in here. You know, I don't know how often, uh, you guys were talking in the pre-show just about Foursquare and how, you know, it's fun at, at South by Southwest, but mm, do you really use it all that much? Do you really, I, I don't understand $41 million for funding. I just don't know if they know something we don't or if it is part of this bubble. I think they think they know something we don't. Um, uh, they There was an embargo yesterday, so everybody wrote about color at the same time and published their articles at 5 p.m., you know, so it was just like this influx of people saying, okay, it seems cool, and here's what all the founders have in mind, and they all come from prestigious locations, and the, the idea well, yeah, is, one of the founders was the founder of LaLa.com. That's yeah, another reason it's getting buzzed. Bought by Apple. Um, another guy comes from LinkedIn, and, you know, so they've got a, they've got a solid team, but there's just so much money, and they say, well, this is just the beginning. We, not only are we capturing your, your physical location, but we're also taking data from the iPhone's uh, microphone, for example. So even if for, like if for some reason you, you and I are in the same bar and the phones can tell that the same music is playing on the jukebox, um, color will increase our connection because we've somehow proven that we're in the same place. So... They are getting very sciency with this whole thing. I just don't know if people care. Almost poetic. Yeah. 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 Well, we will find out. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, people definitely do care about the dual GPU GeForce GTX 590. Just announced, as we expected from NVIDIA, all the reviews hit. Another embargo being lifted. Uh, and sadly, it looks like the edge still goes to AMD's Radeon HT 6990 by a thread, by, by, a, by a sliver uh, right now. Uh, also, at the same time, a coincidental uh, fact comes out. A Mac Pro-specific update to Mac OS X 10.6.7, we talked about that the other day on TNT, includes native support for several 5,000 and 6,000 series AMD Radeon GPUs. That would include, possibly, the 6990, uh, meaning that you could buy an AMD Radeon and stick it in your MacBook Pro just off the shelf. You wouldn't have to buy some special Apple version of it. Uh, because it contains native support for that range of Radeon cards, bringing full Quartz Extreme, Core Image Acceleration on these GPUs to the Mac Pro. And also, uh, Clayton, you and I were talking about the possibility that we might see Radeons in the next version of the iMac. Which may make me then have to uh, beg my wife and tell her the importance of me upgrading my current 27-inch iMac uh, to this brand-new Radeon iMac with a uh, HD FaceTime, as well as Sandy Bridge and, uh, and, the, and the Radeon. I don't know, though. I mean, I don't know. Do you need this much speed? What in the world are we doing at this time? What I, kind I, of question is that? I know, you know, because that's what she'll say. What do you need that for? What do you need all that speed for? 
say, well, look, you know, it's just the latest and greatest and I need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you'll need it later. Eventually, some, right. you know, Duke Nukem Forever will come out and you'll <laughs> right. want the highest graphics acceleration you can get. Even if you could plug one of these cars into your, into your MacBook... Um, well, into your Mac Pro. Into, into, Mac, into, yeah. I'm sorry, into yeah. your Mac Pro. It's still going to set you back 700 bucks, right? So that's... Which point? <laughs> that, that's a, I mean, it's not 300 That's an expensive graphics card. Uh, Why do you need this? You don't need this much speed. Die, die. Leave me alone. <laughs> Get off my lawn. All right. Uh, <laughs> Google begins testing Google Music internally. At least that's according to a CNET article. Uh, two weeks ago, someone writing at the XDA Developers Forum claimed to have accidentally discovered Google Music uh, because uh, you were explaining, Jason, that that Google Android app starts uploading your music to the cloud. Yeah, but you don't know where in the cloud it's uploading. It's it like to. a ripped version of the Gingerbread stock music app, and uh, when you're using it, you actually have the ability, and it, it when you install it. Uh, with the certain rooted apps or rooted OS, it reveals the ability to sync music. And you can actually sync it. And I haven't synced the music because it takes a long time uh, to do and I didn't want to go through it. But uh, so supposedly you can stream it. But you have no idea where it's going. It's just syncing somewhere into the cloud in the sky. Oh, that's you know? interesting. Well, Greg Sandoval says that that cloud is being tested internally at Google now. And the only thing holding up Google Music is negotiating for the rights for you to be able to use that exact function, for you to be able to store users' existing music libraries on the company's servers. Uh, music industry is a, a little nervous about letting people do that. But then again, Google is the only good competition we have for iTunes at this point. So the industry might be well served to negotiate with them. Is it or is Amazon? Amazon hasn't proved to put much of a dent in it yet. I mean, I guess if, if they went to Amazon and struck a deal like this, that would be the smartest thing. Strike a couple deals. One with Google, one with Amazon, none with Apple, and put yeah. the pressure on iTunes that way. Well, I mean, you think about the Google searches, right? I mean, they've got this locked up. Anytime you do a Google search for an artist, they've, they were really smart with the way that the, it propagates at the end of a Google result, right? You get the YouTube video up there. You get the playable, you get the playable window to play any song. That's how I end up doing a search. Oh, what was the name of that song? And, and uh, like the song we were talking about before the show, Summer Girls by LFO. Like if I wanted to hear that quickly, just do a Google search and that pops right up there. Um, yet the actual music store, would you own the music? Would it live on a device or would it just stream from the cloud? Uh, you know, if they did it like Lala, you could do both. You know, you pay a little more, pay an extra five cents, and you you know you get the cloud only version. Pay ninety nine cents, you get to own it, and it's available in the cloud. So I'm really surprised that Google Music is not something that is available to us already. I mean, they seem really late in the game on this. It seems like something that's perfect for Google. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, I, I know it's some just of the their... negotiate. It's all the negotiating. The music industry won't give them what they want. I know it's difficult, but this is also Google. You know, I, and sometimes I worry about what's going on behind the scenes because they have had Google TV, for example, certain products roll out that people go, this seems great, but it seems like certain things weren't thought through. Yep. So I don't well, know. Even Google Books, even Google Books not getting that, you know, obviously we saw the major setback this week with that. So it seems to be all the, yeah, all the agreements and if the music industry is going to go along with them on this, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. They, they, Google is very insistent on getting things done the way they want to, which mm -hmm. is one of the reasons these sorts of services haven't rolled out as fast as the stuff where they don't need anybody else's cooperation and then they roll it out too fast, like what you're talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Google's had, I mean, arguably uh, as many failures as successes as, you know, in the last couple of years, it's like Google Wave, eh, 
it was a project, didn't work, we'll just kill that. Yeah, right. We'll work on something else. So I, I hope that Google Music um, it w will not meet the same fate. All right, Clayton, I know we got to let you go, but thanks so much uh, for hanging out with us and being on the show. Let folks know where they can find what you do online. Um, I, you know, do everything over at ClaytonMorris.com. I try to keep everything up there. So I just did a uh, piece today on the new Scuba 230. So I did my breakdown of that. You can check out on my blog. And I usually try to put all my podcasts on there, everything from Daddy on Board to Grizzly Bear Egg Cafe as we're trying to overhaul a main site to store all of that crap. I like the, Grizzly. I like the Grizz podcast. It's really fun to listen to. Thank you. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's nerdy good time of movies and comic books and coffee, whatever's on our mind that week. So thanks always for having me. I love doing the show. Thanks, Clayton. Thanks, Clayton. It's great to have you on. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right. With that, let's move on to the news views. We really should have a picture of the two of us running <laughs> yes, away from that. That would be great. Towards oh, oh, the yeah. camera. Yeah. Yes, I would love that. Uh, Google faces <laughs> possible antitrust probes by the states of Ohio and Wisconsin over its business practices. This is according to Bloomberg. Ohio Attorney General Mike DeWine is evaluating the facts to determine if it's, quote, something we want to review. Dan Tierney, his spokesman, uh, passed that along. In Wisconsin, Attorney General J.B. Van Hollen is weighing a probe of Google's bid to buy ITA software. Software. According to a person familiar with that member, ma uh, matter, Google's lawyers also uh, have serious job security after all of these probes, i got to say. Uh, RIM has bowed to the senators over removing uh, apps that identify DUI checkpoints. We talked about this earlier in the week. But don't expect Android to follow suit. No, no, no. International Business Times reports that uh, Google source said the company only removes apps that violate its Android content policies. And these apps in question do not appear to violate those policies at all. I think we're going to see inconsistency uh, in this. I think so, too. Geohot has not fled the country. Oh. Everyone remain calm. Oh, so he's here in the U.S. No, he's he's just on spring break. Oh. Where? Um, after reports that Sony had accused him of skipping the continent to South America, Hots blogged, factually it's true, I'm in South America on a vacation <laughs> I've had planned and paid for since November. I mean, it is spring break. Hacking isn't my life. He also promised to come back to the U.S. to buy a Sony product, saying, quote, it's hard to come by the Xperia Play down here. Really? Geohot blogged that? Why didn't he wrap it? I wish he Come had on. wrapped it. Why didn't he just give someone a heads up that he was going to be in South America for spring break? I mean, he does have a somewhat um, I'm sure he Im did. Im important lawsuit, it's lawsuit not, going it's on. Not in Sony's, uh, it's not in Sony's best interest to say, oh, no, he told us in advance. They're going to make a big deal out of it. Poor Geohot. I'd like to see more wrapping from him yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if I had a BlackBerry playbook, it would be able to run Android apps, everybody. RIM just announced yes! that its forthcoming BlackBerry playbook will support both BlackBerry <laughs> Java and Android apps. That includes native C, C++ development, support, HTML5, Flash, and Air support, not to mention game engines from IdeaWorks Labs, AirPlay, and Unity Technologies, Unity 3. You'll need an app player for the Android apps, and two will be available from the BlackBerry app world at launch. I bet, and I bet right. Damn it. Uh, We're getting one at Twit, so I'll be at least be able to play around yeah, with, you'll be able with to play Leo's around. model. Or mine. You know what?
yours. You don't touch yours. <laughs> okay, so yesterday we reenacted the spat between Oracle and we Intel. We did, yes. Uh, over Oracle's Oracle decision. Oracle has the higher voice. Right. If you remember, Oracle had the higher voice, and <laughs> they made the decision not to use Itanium processors for servers. Since that report, HP came out of their board-electing funk long enough to accuse Oracle of a shameless gambit to harm competition. Oracle has fired back, calling HP liars and saying everyone knows Intel's about to kill Itanium, and HP just won't admit it. And also something about cooties and your mama. <laughs> Theunderstatement.com points out, this is an interesting comparison. When evaluating whether or not you want to pay for the New York Times as a tablet app. Okay, so you can spend $455 on the New York Times most expensive everything plan. Or you can get 20 free New York Times articles plus the Wall Street Journal, which is $207 per year, plus The Economist, which is $110 per year, plus, say, The Daily, which is $39 per year, and for good measure, still have, oh, I don't know, $100 to, to go out drinking on a Friday night. That's How uh, does it make sense, New York does Times? does not make sense to buy The New York Times online. Fuzzy logic. When you put it that way. Yeah. Well done, the understatement. Mm -hmm. uh, are you worried about that robot doctor, uh, robot that the doctor says he'll use to assist in your surgery? Well, not... I am now. Stop it! Okay. According to research published in the Journal of European Urology, stop laughing, <laughs> robot-assisted surgery to remove cancerous prostate glands is safe over the long term with a major complication rate of less than 1%. At least that's what they want us to think. You said urology. European urology. <laughs> Is what I said. If You're you get tired of 3D, and you never will, but if you ever did, Nintendo's 3DS has a slider that lets you turn it off. And it, even if you're playing a 3D game, it shouldn't affect your gameplay. So say, um, <laughs> so say it's an edict <laughs> from Nintendo's Hideki Kono. Sorry, uh, Tom likes to write in, in old, old English. English sometimes, and it trips me up. Um, that's one of Nintendo's veteran producers, Hideki Kono, who says the game. Who says the company wants all of his 3DS games to be playable in 2D, essentially reducing the 3D aspect to an aesthetic enhancement. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Give me 3D, but if I don't want but it, don't make me let take me, it. Let Although me there be are able some some games, you know, you limit some games. You might be like, well, we can only do this maneuver if we have the 3D on. So I get that. That's true. Uh, finally. The Oxford English Dictionary, the, the bellwether of what is the English language, has added OMG, FYI, and LOL to its official dictionary. Oh, They've joined the lexicon of English. And I think I just realized in that order is the perfect way to summarize this story. OMG. OMG, FYI. <laughs> That's so weird. You were totally just actually LOLing. Yeah, I guess so. Is that wrong? Yeah. No, if you can't. You can't laugh actually out loud do that and say LOL. It's one or the other, dude. It's yeah. redundant. It's one or the other. Yeah. Uh, I put laughs in there too. I the think way. FYI is a is that doesn't oh. e that's not even funny. That first, should be first in showed there. up in yeah. corporate lingo in 1941. Yeah, FYI is. I mean, that's not FYI. even FYI. Yeah. Well, thank you. I now have it <laughs> in my information vault. <laughs> OMG. Okay. OMG had its history track track back all the way to 1917 really? according to the Oxford English. And it's always yeah. meant oh my yeah. uh, big guy in the sky. LOL okay. I, I know that everyone knows what it means. I guess it's just it's part of the vernacular. It used to be little old lady. <laughs> just so you know. FYI. Well that was uh, pre-World War II I think. Yeah. Um, I LOL is just annoying. I don't want it to be part of any dictionary but Too I bad. don't think it'll ever die.
Well, BFF's already in there, so you got to put LOL in. When your parents are saying LOL, then you know it's probably going in the dictionary. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, before we get to the calendar, I want to thank our sponsor, Slingbox. With Slingbox, you can watch your home TV on your iPad anywhere you go. You hear about all these different ways of getting your TV on your on your iPad, on your iPhone, on your on your laptop. Slingbox is the way to take everything you have at home, whether it's on your DVR or the channels you watch, and get it on your mobile device without having to pay an extra red cent beyond the Slingbox box itself. You buy the Slingbox. That's all you have to pay for. Once you get it home, it's yours. You can do whatever you want with it. You plug it into the Internet. You plug it into uh, your cable TV or your satellite TV, and then you install the app on your device, and you can watch your television wherever you have Internet access, anywhere in the world. Even if you're on the International Space Station, you can watch your home TV using Slingbox. Presumably, they have enough bandwidth for that, and they would prioritize it. But theoretically... You could watch it on the International Space Station. Even let you control your DVR so you can look at all the things that you've recorded. Uh, to get started with Slingbox, head on over to Best Buy or Amazon, or you can learn more at Slingbox.com. And we thank them for their support. On to the calendar. Uh, speaking of the World War II era, uh, computer pioneer Jean Jennings Bartik has died at the age of 86. If you're not familiar with her already, she was the last of six women programmers who debugged and operated the ENIAC computer. E-N-I-A-C. Yeah, that's one of, the, one of the... Big old computer. Uh, Look at that thing. I mean, it looks like some sort of a switchboard. One of the forerunners. It was. It was called the the artificial brain. Yeah, I mean, it, this was. It was. This is. This is computing in its infancy. It's a. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Those six women debugged by removing moths from inside the computer. <laughs> You're Seriously, kidding. yeah, I'm really? not kidding at all. Wow. Yeah, they literally debugged. Moths were eating the inside. They would pull of the like, oh, a moth got stuck in here. No wonder it's not working. <laughs> I'm sure that happens awesome. every once in a while. And they had small enough fingers they could get in there and, and manipulate. Hey. No, it's not it's not a, a, a well, we do have stereotype. Smaller fingers. They needed people with small fingers. Well, mm -hmm. you know, it comes in handy to be a lady every once in a while. Uh, the iPad launches internationally tomorrow. That's Friday, March 25th. In Australia, that's today. Yeah. Even though we're... It's launched right now for you. Well, they're not quite... Right. I don't know what time it's launching. I don't know if they're going to mm, do a, an afternoon launch or not, but I, I'm sure people are already lined up. If you're in Australia, I hope you get the one you want. They're Duke, not happy in Duke India. Nukem Forever. Speaking of OMG, FYI, LOL, Duke Nukem Forever has been pushed back to June. They embraced <laughs> this, though, I have to say, because it was supposed to launch in May, uh, and it, it has now changed uh, to June 10th and June 13th, or June 14th. June 14th in North America, June 10th internationally. Uh, they, they had their president get up on a video and get all excited about the du new Duke Nukem release date. And then uh, they pretended to, to just come up behind him and slap the delayed dates onto a board behind him. Oh, I love that. Without him it's, knowing it. It's the unshippable game, and we're finally shipped. Well, it's, it's good that they can laugh at themselves. Is there a, is there a, um, a possibility <laughs> that, they, they that put, at this point, because they know that they've, they've got it, it's coming, they're, they're good to go, that now they can get maybe a couple months better publicity after? I mean, this is, this is good stuff. I kind of think you're right. I, I mean, what is it? May to June at this what, point, what does what it matter? What game doesn't have some kind of push date at some point right. in the release? So I, I think it's still coming out, and I think they're doing the right so thing too. to say, like, you know what? Let's embrace this. Let's own it. Let's, Let's turn it into ourselves. buzz. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The Xperia Play is going to land at Verizon. 
the land of Verizon. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> in early May. So. That's when uh, Geohots be, be back. From spring break? From spring That's a break. long spring break. That's a pretty nice one. You know, isn't hacking it? isn't his life. It's He's allowed not. to go have fun in South America. Is he? Has well, he cleared this with he Sony? Thinks, he thinks he is. Yeah. <laughs> On to the voicemails. Uh, we got a very good YouTube video voicemail from Theo uh, regarding one of the two apps we talked about yesterday, the Exodus International app. Hi, I just wanted to clarify something about the Exodus International app controversy. Uh, we were complaining about the app not because we were offended, but because we thought that the app was harmful. Uh, Exodus International advocates conversion therapy, which is derided by the American Medical Association, the American Psychological Association, the American Psychiatric Association, among many, many, many others. So we were, it's more of a comparison to maybe an app that would teach someone how to be anorexic or someone to teach someone how to build a bomb. Not so much that's offensive, but that it can actually cause somebody harm. So I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you. I love the show. That's a, a great point, Theo, and a great clarification. I still hold to the idea, and I think the, the bomb making is a very good example. Mm -hmm. making, making instructions for how to build a bomb is not illegal, right. right? And so, you know, when you talk about whether an app should be pulled or not, it's not illegal to do a bomb making app, but Apple might very well say, you know, we don't want any bomb making apps, and it's their app store they can decide that. I would compare this actually directly to uh, an app that advocated not vaccinating your children. Uh, because it's the same sort of thing. The American Medical Association, lots of scientific say you should vaccine your, vaccinate your children. And yet there's a movement. Jenny McCarthy is one of those people saying you shouldn't. And I find that personally to be harmful to children. Right. But Someone should, downloads the app. Should to... Apple allow an app to app? I believe they should. I believe it should be as open as possible, even for things that I don't agree with, because I think I, you know, the ideas need to fight each other in the marketplace. Although Theo, Theo's point is... Um, you know, we're not talking about someone being like, oh, what a, what a jerk thing to build. This is actually something that if somebody were to download the app, absorb the information, they could actually be putting themselves in physical harm. Same way with the vaccination app that, that I, I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, The other app we talked about yesterday, uh, Dan from Arizona uh, wrote in to talk about the DUI Checkpoint app. He actually didn't write in. He called in to 260 TNT Show. Hey, TNT. This is Dan Deemer from Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, calling in regards to the DUI Checkpoint app store you guys talked about, um, a simple fix. Why don't they just implement some sort of a, a goggles system like a Gmail has where you have to do a pretty simple math problem. Uh, that would keep the drunk people probably from using it and the legitimate use kind of in place. Thanks. Bye. I think you're underestimating what people can do when they're in I like the idea, though. Because remember the Google Goggles thing where you had to solve a math problem mm -hmm. to email? To keep, you keep yourself from you drunk emailing? Okay, but that's sort of like a ha-ha type thing. This is not something that you should use as a, as a can I get behind the wheel or not? No, but we had a, well, see, but this is the thing. And we didn't actually point this out when we talked about it yesterday. The app doesn't just tell you where uh, DUI checkpoints are. It also tells you where school zones are. It also, it also tells you a few other places. It's like, here's places where you'll need to slow down mm -hmm. if you want to avoid them. It's a way to plan a route that will be delayed the least. So this idea that only people who want to drive drunk would use it is, is sort of ridiculous. Uh, and it's being marketed a, to a, them, so I can see where it's A few other people have pointed out that the newspapers in most areas are required by law to post where the drunk driving checkpoints will be in advance of major holidays. You're kidding. So, 
How is this any different from that? It's not. It's yeah. also really not different than, yeah, you know, creating a Twitter account um, where people can yeah. write in and you post anytime you ever hear about any DUI checkpoint all over the place. I mean, it's the same idea. Let's finish off with one more email. Actually, an email and a Twitter post. Uh, Scott H. wrote in and said, Hey, TNT, this week in your letters you had a veteran overseas with limited internet access that was looking for a volunteer to burn his favorite podcasts on a CD and mail them to him. Actually, it was active service. Uh, while listening, I realized he must not be the only one in this situation to help our brave men and women find some of us willing to send them some 21st century care packages. I set up a Google group just for this. Could you please share the link below with your audience to get the word out? Uh, the link is groups.google.com slash group slash GI dash podcast. And we'll have that in our show notes at the wiki as well. Uh, thank you, Scott H. And I wanted to add in that Sawyer Wolf on Twitter said, I've set up a portal for GIs that cannot get the podcast they want at podcastsforgi.sawyersthoughts.com. Uh, and so maybe Sawyer and Scott can get together on the group. It would be a great way to coordinate all these different efforts uh, because, you know, there's power in numbers, and I think it's a great idea for people to get behind. I'm really happy to see folks trying this out, not just not for sharing tech news today, not for sharing Twit, but just sharing podcasts sharing with people anything. who can't get them otherwise. That's Absolutely. great. Well done, everybody. All right, that's it for this edition of the show. Uh, thanks again to Clayton Morris uh, for being on with us. You can find him at ClaytonMorris.com. You can find us on the web at twit.tv slash TNT. Give us a call, 260-TNT-SHOW, or send us an email, TNT at twit.tv. We'll see you tomorrow. We're Liquid Friday. Ha, 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 ha.